Hello and welcome to episode 223 of Checkpoint Chat. My name is Alessandro Barbos. I'm joined by Matthew Figuera. A much colder uh, me since the last time we spoke. <laughs> is it no, though? It's all I mean, warmer okay, now. No, no, not today, but let's be honest. So we, we missed last week. So apologies for that. You can blame... Your uh, last week was cold. But you can blame SCOM because they... They yeah they effed us last week. I, I, get, I guess that that ties into the cold. Is like it was cold. There was more load shedding. We got fucked. Yeah, but lo- last week, it, in typical fashion, I don't know how the rest of the country's doing, but in Joburg, it was just a surprise cold front, and then bam, you're in winter. <laughs> just, yeah, it just happens. It, you don't ease into it. It's just on a day it's cold, and then it never gets. Left. And it came with all that rain as well. Yeah, which is so weird. Why does mm. it never rains? It might rain once or twice in April. It doesn't rain every day of the week in the afternoon like summer in April and May. Yeah, the 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 frequency of it was a bit weird. Like the, it felt like a summer rain. Like you know, like you said in the afternoon, it just gets rainy and stormy, and you know mm. that that's a very summer thing. Yeah, but. I, I grew up always knowing that it rained in May, always, because my grandmother always used to be like, it always rains in my birthday and her birthday is on the 31st of May. <laughs> Lo and behold, it was raining in May. And everyone's like, it never rains in May. I'm like, it fucking does. You guys are bad. It just rains me. over the, like, your grandmother's house. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just over that house. I'm like, am I insane? Like, what's going on here? But that frequency, the like... It was like three days after one another, and it were hectic storms. Yeah, that's that's not normal. That was yeah. It is, it is especially funny for me because there's a lady at my office who washes cars, and she does a very good job for for ninety oh, rand inside and outside. <laughs> and like I've taken my car for a while. I mean, I wash my car there regularly. I've I've swapped with Lenska, taken her car for a wash there. And then my in laws were like, "Oh wow, okay. Uh, when you go oh, to no. the office, so I've taken I've taken my father in law's car, and then." few weeks passed then my mom-in-law's like actually can you take my car this week oh no and i took a car and it rained and i was like i'm so sorry this this never happens <laughs> in may <laughs> rip rip yeah yeah i areas. mean you can never predict it no that that is just the maybe, rain it is maybe chaos it rained because embodied. because i washed the car you know we can't yeah, confirm these knew. things it was like i am going to fuck on this guy's parade particularly <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Yeah. We but it's in... it's fun. We're we're back. It's warmer this weekend, which is nice. Mm. Um but it is settling into that winter uh that winter phase. Like no one's just out there in t shirts and shorts you, anymore. When, when the weather's cold, do you do you have cold hands and cold feet in general? Yeah, cold cold hands especially. Yeah. So it's where I, I know it's cold when my feet and my hands are cold. But weird enough mm. when it comes to my hands, my right hand is always colder than my left hand. I don't know why. So, I know I'm see pulling a face. So when That's what what I'm strange. getting at when it's winter, okay, my hands are cold equally, but mm-hmm. in that in between phase where it's like it's semi cold, it's semi hot, my right hand gets like ice cold. I don't know why. It's like from using the mouse. I don't know. It's weird. Maybe you've got like blood flow problems. So I don't, I don't know. know. That don't sounds know. super strange. I won't lie. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think it's. It's probably like, look, I've got cold hands and feet regardless, but I think mm-hmm. whatever's going on in my right hand is a little bit more severe than what's, whatever's going on in my left hand. Mm, mm. Yeah. Like, Could be maybe but out I, of the two, it's the one that's moving least. So yeah, that, that's what I think as well. There's but like it, circulation there, so I don't know. But it's funny because today, you're right, today is not too bad because both my hands are not cold. 
I think it's a pretty good indication. It's the weather report. Is, are Matthew's hands both warm? Is one warm? Is one warm? Cold? Then you know it's like yeah. semi-cold. If both are cold, you know it's winter. You're like, uh, um, what's her name? That The one character from Mean Girls who used to like touch her breasts to tell the weather, which is fucking hilarious. Like it's just really I'll just funny. touch my hands. Amanda Seyfried, yeah. She's so good. Yeah, I'll just touch Matthew's hands. I'll like message Lenska, be like, what is the forecast for today? And she'll like just go oh, and grab it's, her it's cold, it's cold. It's yeah, it's winter. cold. Both hands are cold. Shit. <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's, at, it's at least 10 Put degrees the today. the bundle you know? up. It's, yeah. <laughs> Fuck's yeah. sake. I, it is funny though, because like the other day it was... It was really, really chilly. And like I walked out of the house early in the morning to go to gym and I was like, fuck, it's like really cold. Yeah. And then I got in my car and the car's like, oh, it's 11 degrees. I was like, what? Like it doesn't feel like it feels a lot colder than that. And then I recalled when I was in Italy, like when it was 11 degrees, it felt like summer because everything else was uh, so much colder. Like it was like yeah. three, two degrees in most places. Like so yeah, it can get colder. Yeah. Yeah, we have mild winters compared to Europe. We so really mild. do. We really do. <laughs> yeah, we have good weather here, and at least what? it's not like Cape Town, who has rain during the winter, because that is <sighs> disgusting. That's cack. Who wants that? I mean, no. we 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 have winter sun in Joburg, which is just the best. It is yeah. literally the best. It's, you become it's, like a cat and sun seeker. It's yeah, yeah. It's, it's the best slash worst because when you're out in the sun doing stuff, you're like, oh my God, it's so hot. And you step inside like, oh my God, it's so cold. Yeah, no that is true. That is true. But you can always tell it's winter when it's like, uh, at least my cats, they've started just like baking in the sun. They just like sit I, there and get warm. When when did you get your cats? You've had them for a year now, surely. More or than a year. More yeah. than a year. Yeah, we got them in April last year. Yeah. Okay, so you got them in the heart of winter, but have you noticed um, like in summer, they probably do their own thing. They steep wherever they want, but in winter- Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In winter, they're like, yeah. hey, you're warm. <laughs> we're going to anchor we, you I, down I, in the bed. I told Shani in, in summer, they were very aloof. They wouldn't sleep near us. They were always like, they even, they didn't really want to be like cuddled or anything. And I was like, wait till winter. Wait, yeah. now the one, Toby, you can just carry her, carry him <laughs> around in your arms because I think he's very warm in your arms. So he just fucking melts in your arm. Amazing. Now they both sleep on the bed. They always on the bed like for, when shani's in bed watching tv they're both there with her i'm like yeah, yeah it's winter for, for me i know i know it's winter okay so the, there are other ways to tell the weather outside of my hands okay it's when both my cats steep next to each other then you know it's ah, cold they want to cuddle <laughs> each like, other oof, yeah oof, let's just set aside our differences okay? <laughs> <laughs> we can come to an agreement here it's survival in summer survival, yeah, they'll, they'll, yeah. they won't be like within a mile of each other whenever they're sleeping like one's in the yeah. room one's in the lounge it's just how it is. And come September, October, they'll right. become aloof the again war, and break our hearts. Again. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. Shame. Yeah, yeah no, they're very cute. It. Cats are cool. Cats are very cool. You know what else is cool? The weather. Video games. You know what else is cool? Yeah, well, Video games. Damn. damn. <laughs> Got him. Uh, let's check my chat. Let's talk about video games. And this week... Boy, were there some video games. Well, one video game in particular. There's actually a lot we have to talk about because we missed an entire week. So we missed like a batch of like releases, so to speak. Um, yeah, but we will start with uh, the Yeah, one, the game of the week. The one everyone's uh, kind of excited for. A little small indie game called The Legend of Zelda. I mean, Tears of the Kingdom. Or, okay, every time you know? I see the acronym for Tears of the Kingdom, it looks like TikTok to me. So this is just the Legend of Zelda TikTok right now. Am I mad? For you know, for for the 
weeks leading up to this game. For some reason, I thought it was Tears of the Fallen Kingdom. I, I don't know. I don't know where. No. <laughs> where. So imagine Tears my, of the Fallen Imagine Kingdom. my Jesus. surprise when. Um, oh, your camera's not moving. Hilarious. Imagine my surprise when, or maybe just weren't blinking. Imagine my surprise <laughs> when the game finally came out. It's like, oh, it's just Tears of the Kingdom. I don't know why yeah. I thought otherwise. Just Tears of the Kingdom. No, um, no Fallen Kingdom here. But yeah, no so, Gerald Butler <laughs> coming out of the fucking woodwork with a machine gun ready I mean, to go. Not, not yet. Uh, but Not yeah, yet. this is the sequel, the highly anticipated sequel to uh, 2017's one. It, it did launch with the Switch, right? Uh, it did, Breath, yes, Breath of the yeah. Wild, uh, a launch title six for years. the Switch. I think six the years. longest gap between a Zelda game, if I'm not mistaken. Which, yeah, the longest gap between mainline Zelda games ever, and which is nuts to think about. Just, like, just to, to remind everyone, uh, Breath of the Wild was a revolutionary title. Um really sort of helped set the formula for open world games in the sense that, you know, it wasn't a formula. It gave you tools and it let you tackle the game however you wanted. Um, and very few games have actually been able to follow that. And I think the closest one we said last year was maybe Elden Ring in the sense that, mm, you yeah. know, it, it lets you tackle it however you want. So open world, you don't yeah. have to follow it from A to B to C. So I think Elden Ring's the only game since to capture that sense that of same, that I want to go feeling. there, I want to see what's yeah. there, that sense of discovery. Yeah. So Tears of the Kingdom uh, really had its work cut out for it. And I think mm. there's a reason there was a six-year development cycle because not only did they have to innovate, but I'm sure <laughs> it was a thing of like, shit, how do we follow? <laughs> how do we follow yeah, this game? How do we game? make like, something that's worthwhile? What you do know? we do differently? And yeah, you know, reviews have dropped. So we 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 only uh, like I think you said you've played maybe an hour. I've played two or three last night, yeah. and that's we we both still on the, the starting island. We've still got a long way to go. But yeah, what are your your early impressions of the game? Um, I think firstly, this game looks and runs a lot better than I thought it would on the Switch. It's like, it's insane. It's kind how, of wild. Yeah. So. Maybe I'm mad, but just looking at if if you're watching the footage now, it's it's very lush and yellow, which is very cool. I don't recall there being like sort of an autumn tone in in the first game. It was you know yeah. you were in green forest land, or you were on lava mountain, or you're in the desert. Like that to me was sort of yeah. the extent of the biomes. Um, yeah, and also, am I mad in thinking that the shadows are a lot more prominent in this game? Maybe. Um, I. It, it's difficult for me to tell because like all of my memories of Breath of the Wild are colored by playing on the original Switch. And now, you know, <laughs> I recently upgraded to an OLED. You've had an OLED for a while now. And I think that definitely factors into it. Like it mm. looks very fucking good because it's on an OLED yeah. as well. But it, it might. Yeah, the, the shadows look, look good. It looks crisp. There's a bit of like weirdness with like um, the grass. Like when there's a lot of grass, you can see like because the the resolution doesn't always stick to the native res it like shimmers a little bit but yeah it's like so minor because it's, like it runs so smoothly it just feels good like, yeah it's it's, it's great the, the yeah. fact that this is running on six-year-old hardware hardware yeah which is um, insane like yes it is still the same style and sort of overall look of breath of the wild so and breath of the wild ran pretty well on the switch mm. barring a few areas 
but it definitely does look like a bit of an upgrade. Yeah, yeah like, visually, there's something that's changed. It just looks better. I um, guess also they're, they're not having to remember Breath of the Wild was dev for the Wii U as oh, well. Oh, true. So and yeah, at the they, time, they probably had to make concessions <laughs> for that. So here they are not uh, hamstrung by the fucking Wii U, of all things, um, yeah. and can just go full ham on on the Switch. I think this is really the pinnacle of where the Switch will be in terms of like visuals and performance as they probably transition to a new switch probably next yeah. year. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was like my first impression, like the cave starting area. And then the, this little like starting, um, this little area you have at the start reminds me a lot of the it's great, like the, plateau. The great plateau. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a small starter area to kind of uh, like acquaint you with all the new mechanics before it's like, cool. Here's you say, the whole world. You enjoy. say small though, it's it's still pretty huge. <laughs> it's it's bi- it's bigger than the Great Plateau. I opened I the map it's and I was like, like, oh my god. <laughs> it is like this is, this is I, you know, it's some land like it's full so on game hub worlds. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, it's cool. And um you know, so far the structure is a familiar one. It's like mm. there is something you need to do. There are shrines around that um unlock powers for you and the shrines themselves are like small little puzzle rooms that really show off the capabilities of those powers. Um, mm. I've only done one and that gave me the ultra hand ability, mm. which lets me manipulate objects and stick them together to create new, well, to create new like objects. So mm. like if there's a gap uh, and they're two very large planks of wood, I can align them, stick them together and make like a bridge, which yeah. is quite cool. I think, I don't know what you think. I think the controls for this specific ability, Ultrahand, are okay. They're a bit fiddly because there's a lot of like, you got to press this button to basically yeah. get into this sub menu of abilities that then allows you to rotate it and mm. then this and then that. And I'm like, I'll probably get used to this, yeah, but at first it was I, a bit weird. I can tell like, you, I had the same reaction. I was like, oh my God, if this is how it handles, you know, doing this. Shit, it's gonna be no. It's not a pain, but it's not intuitive, you know. To no, to, it's not straightforward. Having yeah. having used it for an hour more, I, I I've got it down now. Like mm-hmm. even even at what frustrated me initially was that you can rotate things forward and like on a horizontal or on a vertical plane. Yeah. And so imagine it's kind of difficult to explain, but imagine you know you want to line something up perfectly upright. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't always do that immediately. Like it always, when I flip and rotate an object, sometimes sits at an angle. But yeah, like it's, it's snapping. It, it it's rotating in segments, not like yeah, a smooth. But, but I've yeah. flipped. I've figured it out now how to get it like upright. So it is like a muscle memory thing. Um, and, and okay. I mean, I haven't played much longer than you, and it feels it's, a lot it's more intuitive. Pretty, it's pretty cool though, because like that said, like I was like, okay, this feels a bit unwieldy. But when I was combining things with other things and using it within the puzzles i was like okay this is smart this is like can, really really smart can and i, I can see this, how this can go crazy this mechanic with this, yeah. rules like I, i'm yeah again i'm on i'm in i'm in starter land okay but already the things i've had to do it's it's so clever <laughs> the, the little way i mean it's in the shrine so it's definitely teed up for you to do mm. this like but like when i attached that hook to that little wood plank and then picked up the whole thing and then attached it to the like rail mm. and then when i let go i just jumped in and then it was like a trolley it's uh, amazing uh, like a tram i was like <laughs> oh my god okay yeah, yeah this is 
this is going to be cool. Yeah, and that's like the most basic of us. Oh, yeah, I, like <laughs> <laughs> I laugh. It's like really, um, yeah, but it's like the most basic of basic puzzles. And then you know, soon after, you introduce to some other things which you know help you get more fancy with your designs. And I'm sure as as we get deep into the game, there's going to be some really crazy items that we start sticking to together. Don't don't judge me. I'm still trying to figure You're out. You're real the, bad at this. I'm trying to figure out the controls. Here. For, for those of you who can't I, see, I have to literally have to put a plank over a gap. I'm really. I struggling. noticed very quickly that they do a really cool thing where they yeah. like provide that shadow. Okay, so I didn't. So you, I didn't really pay attention to that. Yeah. As you can see now, I noticed. I'm like, oh, yeah. You you could tell when it's on this side and on that side. Yeah. It's a yeah. It, it's quite cool. I I assume the other two shrines are going to unlock two other abilities of this yeah. uh, new arm that I, Link has. I know the um, second one uh, is the weapon fuse ability. Um, oh, and cool. I, I wanted okay. to tell you, do you do you find so in the first game, like pitching the Great Plateau, you could kind of explore that you could go to any shrine um in any any order order. you wanted to yes does it feel like this one is they they are leading you to specific shrines first like i'm sure you can go to all of them i mean maybe i don't know but it does feel like they it feels a bit more curated we we both arrived here first and i think that was intentional they subtly lead you to this shrine first i don't think the others are disabled i I don't think if like you knew where they were um, you couldn't go to them. But this one was very much like emerge from the cave. You're at yeah. this great area. You go somewhere and you're like, okay, well, can't go here. Yeah. And the character's like, oh, you should go to this shrine. And yeah. you're like, okay, I'll go there. But it, um, it, yeah. to me, it's it's just, it's that, that good Breath of the Wild design where that game as well, you could go anywhere. But isn't it mm. funny how a lot of people ended up at, um, I can't remember what, is it the Zora? What are the fish people called? I think yeah, the Zora. There is the Zora. I think ninety percent of players ended up there first because the game first, is very yeah. subtly leading you there. And I feel the same here, where it's not saying to you, "Hey, go over there," but you kind of end up there. Um, yeah, very cool. No, I I think that's that's why I say that so many open world games after Breath of the Wild didn't really learn from it because it yeah. wasn't just here's a massive world, do your own thing. Mm. Anyone can do that. That's easy. Um, Breath of the Wild was, and its world was designed in such a way that its valleys and peaks and its landmarks would always stick out from particular angles and particular areas of the map. So you had something to look at and go, wait, I want to go there. And they were very particular about, okay, when you're there, what are the things you can see from there that will guide you to your next thing? And Elden Ring does that. Elden Ring is really, really good about that. So that's probably why those two are the like pinnacles of open world design and why they stand out so far ahead of anything else. Like if you look at, I hate coming back to this game, but Horizon, Horizon is not like that. Like Horizon is impossible to pass from a visual standpoint yeah. Without opening up your map and being like, well, I need to go to that, you know, marker. Yeah. And that's just what, to me, like if you're making an open world game now and you're still relying on that, that's kind of like boring. And I think yeah. that's why I don't engage with open worlds like that. So yeah. it's nice to play something like Zelda again. I'm really keen to get stuck into this one. Same. Um, yeah. I mean, if it's anything like Breath of the Wild, this is another 100 hour gig. So it's, it's going to be good and long <laughs> yeah this is a months long endeavor and it will be a while months to finish, long. but i'm 
Um, well, the, the first <laughs> the first one took me three months, I think, mm. two or three months to finally like play, and I was like chipping away at it here and there, but I enjoyed yeah. it. Like it, you know, I didn't feel like I was um, rushing it. You know what I mean? Um, I know. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it was it's, great. I'm very very excited to sink my teeth into this game. So, yeah, it feels good thus far. Um, mm. Looks fucking great on that OLED. Jesus. Mm. Yeah, looks so pretty good. good. Um, Super pretty. Cool. Cool. Um, we've also been playing a another little game that launched. Uh, was it? It's obviously more than a week ago, uh, just because we missed last week. But you and I have both put an ample amount of time into another small game called the uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Um, which let's just let's just talk about the. The shit first uh launched in a very poor state <laughs> it's um, still it's, in a very poor it's state still in a very poor state so i think on on pc specifically the, this game is like unplayable for many many people and even those with you know the top of the range graphics cards cpus etc are are struggling to play this game because it's just not optimized um lots and lots of problems and on console itself i mean you and i are both playing on ps5 Mm. so we've got uh, performance mode and quality mode and mm. like any other game performance mode is you know 60 fps at the cost of visual fidelity and vice versa mm. for quality mode the problem here though is that both are, are not great <laughs> like yeah they per, both per, have performance mode sure you get more frames but you're not hitting 60 consistently and then it makes it the game awful it makes yeah. the game look not crisp like um, I, I'm, I I don't consider myself like a visual snob, but even I'm like, oof, I can see. <laughs> this isn't no, this you isn't can, and the, yeah. and the and the hit to visual fatality is bad because, it's, like, I mean, Digital Foundry did a whole video on this. So you should definitely watch that if you like interested. But like, this game relies on upscaling like yeah. so much. The actual resolution it's running at is extremely low on yeah. both modes, like sub HD in t- at times. Yeah. Um. So when performance mode is kicked in, it just looks fucking terrible. I yeah. think I just can't I mean, recommend playing like that. A quality mode obviously looks a lot better, but it's it's not right. Like there are moments where same, I'm yeah. I'm dipping below thirty even, which oh yeah, oh, which yeah. is ridiculous. I, I think it's down it's down to the, the 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 point that both modes engage ray tracing, and you just have no yeah way to disengage that. So it's like. The dips you're seeing on 30 is when you get close to like a body of water and there's reflections and it's like, it's just like the the whole game is just dying trying to render yeah. all this shit like so, at the same time. So yeah, so that should you just offer a toggle like yeah, turn off ray tracing. I don't I'll, give a shit. I'll put it like, off. Yeah. So if you're watching the the video uh, version of the podcast, I'm currently showing 30 FPS footage of quality mode. The, um, I, the thing is, I'll always play with 30 here. Wow, you know, in the in the state that it's in now, it, yeah. because it's the most consistent. No, and when exactly. You, when you're fighting in combat and you're trying to get parries off, the last thing you want is a fluctuating like frame rate, which affects your input latency, mm. and then you can never time a parry because you don't know you d- you have like no muscle memory for it. So thirty will have the most latency, but at least you can account for it over time by yeah. like understanding where it's coming from. So yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's a real pity because I really like this game. Um, it's a good game, and I, th- it's I think a great game. I think yeah. it's soured the experience for a lot of people because, look, so I, I've we've uh, 
I don't know how much you've played. I've played about twelve to thirteen hours. Um, I'm only on, <laughs> I'm only on Jeddah, which is. I mean, you start on Coruscant, you go to a planet called Koba, which is what you're seeing on the footage now, and you go to Jeddah. So I'm only Our boy, on the Saloon Planet, yeah, in the Star Wars universe. I, I've only reached the third planet, um, and from what I've played thus far, like I've really enjoyed my time. I feel that I, I still don't think it's a perfect game. Um, mm. I still they are things i dislike about it uh like the map system still garbage i think wow it's still so bad i I can't fathom how one of the biggest criticisms of the first game just wasn't addressed straight up not addressed straight up like uh okay we hear you but uh we don't (laughs) here's here's like an almost identical map system which makes it very difficult to figure out where you need to go which is an even bigger problem in this game because it feels like again based off my opening uh, hours of the game these planets feel a lot bigger um, yeah much much bigger much more expansive I, yeah. I think like the first game definitely had metroidvania elements to it this feels like they've lent into it a lot harder you know mm-hmm. the first planet's very open there's lots of things to do um good luck figuring out how to get there <laughs> because well, rip. yeah so i'm playing in the hardest difficulty you die very quickly <laughs> mm. uh, but yeah i don't know I, I, other than that though like I'm very excited to to dig into the story here. Um, yeah, so I just got swapped by Lupin, you little bitch. Wow, how rude. <laughs> Jesus. I got such a fright. Fucking, he's, he's like, I dare you talk about video games and not about me. <laughs> that is so weird. He just clawed me. What do you want? Yes. Did he draw blood? <laughs> and he didn't draw blood. Um, not but yet. yeah, so I've, I've been rambling. You tell me what you feel um, about this game. No, no, I, I think I'm very much on the same page as you. I think... This game has performance issues, but it's still a good game. And I think that's what stands out the most is, is just really, really fun. Um, I I like that they didn't reset you at the beginning of this oh, yeah. game. I think that we, is we crucial to, to that. yeah, it, it, it's crucial to, to the experience because like you start the game as Cal as he was at the end of the last game in terms of abilities. Mm. And that's great because I can force pull a fucking stormtrooper and stab him. If I yeah. want to, which is like one of the things I love doing at the end of Fallen Order because you only get pulled like quite late in that game. Yeah. Um, like if they took things away from you, it would just feel bad. So I'm glad that they <laughs> have kind of pushed along with that. That said, I do feel like because of that, I do not care about many of the new mechanics mm. um, because I feel like I can just continue playing in the same way that I've been comfortable with. So yeah. One of the big things added here is stances for your lightsabers. So in Fallen Order, you had only two. No, you had three lightsabers. Um, you got one, you got one stance near the end where you could split them up, but that was only used as like a special attack. It wasn't yeah. actually something you fought in. Here, yeah. you're allowed to equip two stances at a time, which makes no sense to me. Why not just <laughs> all of them? Why can't, you, um, why can't you just use all of them? I it, mean, ju- it just feels weird. Like. Yeah. Um, so it's like single bladed or dual bladed or split bladed or I unlocked very recently blaster um, stance where you very have cool. like a a gun in one hand and uh, the sword in the other and then I think the last last one is cross guard okay. um, where you get color Ren's fucking lightsaber or something stupid. Nice. <laughs> um, I just don't. I've since the beginning kept single and dual bladed. I messed so, around with the others, and I'm just like, I don't see the point in these. Yeah, like, it's, the, this is where I get to be a, a, critic, a, a critic and go and start nitpicking. And I think 
why not adopt something similar to a Ghost of Tsushima? Where, like in Ghost of Tsushima, you can you can rock with one stance, fine. Like mm. you, it does work. However, if you switch, you'll have to, a bad time though. Yeah, if you switch to another stance, you get like a clear advantage. Um, yes. Look, I, I don't quite know how it would be executed here, but I feel that the stances at this stage are in terms of just show. Like which yeah, one they're superfluous completely. Where, which like, one do you prefer? Okay, well, I guess you're going to use that one. And it's been funny because yeah. I visually I think the single blade is the most boring because your single blade it's like classic Star Wars whatever. You're very mm. not not at all flashy. However, I've stuck to it because I've noticed that a single blade swap does way more damage than if I'm using you know, any of the other stances, mm-hmm. which like when I'm fighting a boss, I don't have time to sit and chip away when they're going to hit me in one move. Like I need exactly. to maximize my damage output. So it, I'm not it, changing exactly. at all. It just, it just doesn't make sense within the context of the game they're making. Because like, like you said, if they adopted something like a Ghost of Tsushima, then the onus is on the enemies to kind of fill in the gaps of like, this enemy is more susceptible to this stance. So it, it makes more sense in a fight to change this, but then you need the entire repertoire of stances available to you at any given time. Because in like Ghost of Tsushima, you change to like what 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 are some of them like I turtle can't. stance, and water stance, and I don't know. If but you you, one, but <laughs> you flick through them so fucking quickly, like yeah. you like come up against a guy with a shield, you're like cool, switch to the stance, and then you're in that stance, like. It like, needed to be that. Like, yeah, like the enemies here just don't really make any difference to the no. way you play the game. I so. mean, as an example, off the top of my head, it's for example, oh, this this enemies, uh, they're very defensive. You need to break their stance with single blade because those blows are, you know, heavier. Let's they say they chip a lot of stuff. Oh, okay, damage, no, yeah. but now this enemy moves a lot faster. You need to wear them down with quicker moves. So dual blade but there's none of that mm. really it's just you can mm. do whatever the hell you want you know? yeah the, the the kind of the kind of mechanics are you know attack parry when you can break stance attack parry break yeah. stance like and you can do that with any blade it just comes down to which one do you feel suits your playstyle best you know like you yeah. said you don't like the ones that do less damage because hey you're playing at a higher difficulty where every opportunity you need to maximize in terms of damage. Like yeah. you can't just fuck around there. Every, every additional minute in that fight is an additional opportunity for you to die. Yeah. Like, so, but whereas someone playing on an easier difficulty might be like, well, I like the flurry of the really fast split lightsabers just because it looks cool. And yeah. I don't really have to care about dying. That's fine. But will they end up using something like cross guard or single blade? Then probably not. Yeah. So, I just, I just think it's like it's a. I, I get they wanted to uh, innovate on the formula. I just don't think it's the right thing That's that they the chose. Right move, like, yeah. yeah, because it. I've just kind of ignored it completely, and mm. that's fine because the overall game doesn't suffer because the stance system is bad. It just means that it feels less fresh than it yeah. might have. Yeah. Um, yeah. But overall, the game is good. I yeah. think the platforming <laughs> is. Like, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, it feels, it feels like we're very negative on the, but it's like, nitpicking. like the game is a lot of fun. Like the platforming's a lot, uh, a lot better, a lot tighter. Mm -hmm. I think the levels are a lot more intricately constructed. So you can do a lot more cool things with the platforming. Um, It's just, it's also visually 
from it it's, from a sense of like variety just so much more like yeah, it but, feels a lot cooler but even yeah. when the game works like playing in quality mode there are oh, i've taken a, a lot of photos because the game does it moments i'm like oh man like look mm. how that i joke about i've i've called cobra is it cobra or cobra cobra i think it's cobra so this is the first planet you arrive on and there's basically a big saloon in the middle which acts as your hub for the it's duration a of the cool game. little area yeah yeah but then as i've explored this planet i'm like oh it's not just cowboy land you know with deserts and and tumbleweed enemies it's like oh no there's there's some lush areas it's actually very diverse and this is just one planet um like yeah. if, if you're watching the footage now <laughs> spoiler i mean this is very early in the game Kyle stumbles into like a, basically like a Jedi sanctuary or temple underneath uh, the saloon, you know. Yeah, there's a great, lot of Jedi stuff here. <laughs> great, yeah. great narrative. But like, again, it's it's a very cool looking place, different to what mm. I've just come from on the surface, you know, or for the cavern that I walked through to get here. Um, mm-hmm. So I think they've really ramped up on that front. And again, like we still actually pretty early in the game there are a lot more planets to explore i think there's a lot joe it's it's a much larger game than fallen order i've seen people say it's like a 20 to 30 hour game Mm. which is quite expensive and i've seen anecdotally people talking about like the second half of the story is just unreal yeah so like i'm really enjoying the story already and i'm Mm. enjoying the little seeds that they're using to set up certain conflicts yeah um i wasn't too hot on the like Cal has none of his friends and now the first few hours of this game are you just recruiting them them back I was like oh my god okay (laughs) Um, but once you get the whole crew back together fuck the chemistry between them is just so good like Mm. it's yeah I'm I'm really really digging it and it's a pity that Zelda's out now that is going to (laughs) distract me from this game but I'm I'm having a good time with it it also you know we've talked about a lot about how it looks it sounds phenomenal like my God, Sound it is great. like wall to wall. One of some of the best sounding Star Wars stuff ever. Mm. It just sounds fucking great. Good music, incredible effects work. Like, mm. yeah, so, it think, is a Star Wars like treat in that sense. Yeah. It's got the the look and the feel of a Star Wars game. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I suppose in some concluding words, because obviously we are gonna keep tripping away at this game, finish it in the coming weeks. But it's like it does a good job of making you feel like a Jedi, which I think, yeah, you know, if, if it's a Star Wars game about, you know, Jedi's, that's, that's the thing you need to nail. So it does yeah. nail that, which is really cool. And there was a, there was a thought by um, good old Tumur Hussein on the giant bomb podcast he made. He was like, it's good that there is just consistency in Star Wars games again. Yeah. He's like, when last was there a Star Wars sequel to a game that was actually good? He was like, probably Knights of the Old Republic. And I was thinking about it. And I was like, he's Damn. probably right. Yeah. Like, because Battlefront sequels have been bad. Um, the Force Unleashed sequel was bad. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that this came out also only took three years, which is unheard which of. Which is crazy. Um, yeah. And it's good. It is an improvement in most ways over the first game. It is a, it's not a regression in others. It's just not as in much of an improvement as I thought that maybe think it would be, but yeah. like, like respawns making a third one of these, like there's oh, yeah. no fucking question. Um, and I'm all in on, on another one of these games. I really enjoy them. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Cool. Oh, also it, do you find it a lot easier? Uh, it's it's I'm a playing, weird thing. I'm not I'm not playing on the hardest. I'm playing on the second hardest, which is what I replayed Fallen Order 
yeah. at like earlier this year, I'm finding it much easier to it, deal with. It's a like, weird thing because I'm play- so did you ever play um Ghost of Tsushima on what is that difficulty called? Lethal difficulty. That like perfection, yeah, I did. It, it feels I think a lot technically it feels a lot like play, that but, yeah. um on the hardest difficulty because you know, Carl dies very quickly, but also enemies still die quickly. Like I've been But this is the thing, the enemies are dying very yeah, quickly for but me, like I've more been, than I thought. Look, I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily because I can't no. imagine having to like <clears throat> break the guard of an enemy, hit them, break their no. guard, hit them. But it is weird how even some bosses I get to them and then when I figure the boss out, I'm like, oh, like they mm. actually go down very quickly. It's a couple of hits, they're like huge chunks of their health are going down. Um, yeah, I, d- yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I, I'm just kind of surprised because I, I, I guess the point is like if you bounced off a of fallen order because you really felt you couldn't vibe with the difficulty, like I would give this a go. Like mm. catch up on the story of fallen order. There's not, I mean, there's a lot of story there, but I, I would say you don't have to play that game to enjoy this game if you <clears throat> no. just find the story elsewhere. Because I think this one's far more approachable in terms of how it designs its enemies and it it feels far less like a souls like and more like a ghost of tsushima yeah Yeah. i Mm. it's got the souls like structure in the like respawning enemies and limited uh (laughs) things and whatever it's a lot yeah it's real fun last thing i heard on the game is is the most ridiculous makes fuckle sense yeah makes no sense it's a real this is still a video game thing Yeah. yeah yeah um but yeah, I, I I do find it, and there's a lot more accessibility settings to tune the game's difficulty to mm. your desire. So, yeah, I would I wouldn't let I wouldn't let your thoughts on like Fallen Order and its difficulty color this if you're if you're somewhat interested. Yeah, yeah, it's a good time. It is a good time. I'm very keen to keep playing. Um, um, you've got one more thing because apparently you just don't have a job and game all the time, so you're able to, you know, do things listen, like finish games. It's it's know. not a it's not a thing of um not having a you job. You just don't with, sleep, actually. actually no, the, that's, there's, there's that's this the thing uh, called uh, load shedding, <laughs> which, it's which true. you know. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to get the footage up here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've I've put a a lot of time into uh, Advance Wars One and Two, the the reboot camp as it's called, which is basically. Um, a remaster of a Game Boy Advance pair of games. Uh, we touched on this two weeks ago when I just started it. I think I'd played, I actually don't know how much I'd played. It must have been a handful of hours. Um, since then, though, I've finished the first game. The campaign took me about 15 hours, and that, that wasn't doing every hmm. side quest like that. That was just me mainlining it. So a fair, fair bit of content just on that. These character names are killing me. Sorry. <laughs> Olaf, Colin, Grit. <laughs> Like, a blue moon troop. <laughs> it's blue moon troop. And then yeah, Advance Wars two. I've only just started. I'm about well, I'm about five or six hours in. Um so I've got I've I've had a fair shake of experience with both games now, and I really, really like both. Um mm-hmm. I think if cool. you've if you missed the the overview of what these are, they are Nintendo's own uh, strategy games. Well, not they're not Turn-based they're not first-based yeah. uh, titles, but they've only existed on. Um, they're not first-party Nintendo titles, but they've only existed on Nintendo systems. If that makes sense, they're, they're, they're not first-party, are they? I don't think they um, are. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. If I mean, Nintendo has, owns the IP. They yeah. don't own the developer, but I, I don't look. 
crap, doesn't matter. But I mean, they don't own a lot of developers (laughs) who make first-party IPs. Yeah. Okay, so these are only Nintendo titles. But yeah, it's it's Nintendo strategy titles, uh, turn-based. And uh, the premise is pretty simple. Like, you you take your turn, enemy takes their turn. And in these turns, like any uh, strategy game, you can move a number of blocks or you can attack. um, And that's really the game in a nutshell. But what happens is each mission you do uh, changes in some ways. So there's there's a variety of missions in how this game plays out. So for example, uh, a standard mission is, okay, you've got X amounts of units. The enemy has X amounts of units. You either have to destroy all the units or capture their headquarters. And that's mm-hmm. it. Okay. But there are other missions like the one you're seeing now where you capture buildings and buildings give you currency each turn and then you use that currency to generate units. And then the game is over when, again, you ca- you destroy all enemies or you capture the HQ. But how that happens is a bit different because now you have to strategize on what unit do I build, which building do I go for, that sort of thing. And then mm-hmm. there's another flavor uh, in the form of uh, there's a fog of war. So if you're watching this footage, no fog of war, you know exactly where the enemy is. You can plan your moves accordingly. Um, where the, where the maps where there are fog of war, or there's fog of war rather, you need to be a lot more cautious because you do not know where the enemy units are placed. However, the enemy also does not know where your units are placed. So you can mm-hmm. do cool things like set up traps or hard enemy, uh, hard units with the hope that an enemy unit will roll up you know, and fall into a certain range of your attack, for example. Um, and just further in the mix, you get a variety of units from ground units, sea units, air units. And again, they all do different things in different ways. And there are counts to each. So for example, you'll get, uh, as a ground unit, you'll get an anti-air tank, like an anti-air gun, which is obviously very strong against all air units, but weak against ground units. You'll get Ooh. air units, which are great against ground units, but can't attack air units. And it's like this mix of finding out which balance of units you need to have on a battlefield to overcome your enemy. Um, so sorry, that, that's just me rambling, giving an overview of the game. Um, and it's just very fun. Like the way it plays out, missions can take anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes, uh, depending on how smart you are <laughs> that's not too bad uh, that's quite like bite size it is so. bite size and yeah. it's funny because I'm, I'm not great at games like this like i think if i had to you know rank my enjoyments of genres like turn-based strategy games outside of jrpgs are like not my favorites like i, I appreciate xcom for what it is for example but i'm not hankering to play an xcom um, so mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. this is just testament to the fact that I enjoyed Advance Wars. Oh, well, the fact that I enjoyed Advance Wars is testament to the fact that it's very accessible and it is, it's just good fun. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. You, you played a little bit, but you didn't really. I, I haven't, I haven't played much since then, but yeah, I mean, this is a sort of game that I kind of vibe with and um, I love, I, I enjoy, I enjoy certain turn-based strategy, like, you know, the, the, this this really showed me that games like Into the Breach um, really lend many um, ca- um, mechanics from yeah. there. Oh, so I think that's why I was like, yeah, that because it, it also has no fog of war. Um, you kind of always see what your enemy is doing. Um, so, yeah, I, I do want to play more of this. It seems mm. fun. I still hate the art style. I think it's bad. <laughs> the art style is um, not great. 
it's not good. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's cool. Yeah, I, I do want to get back to it. One one thing I will say for the second one, um, that feels like the mission variety is they I don't know what the development gap was between the two because mechanically they're identical. Um, mm. like same units. There's there are a handful of new ones that I've seen thus far. But in terms of mission structure, it's not just a thing of, oh, hey, capture the enemy HQ or destroy the enemies. Like the mission I'm playing here, for example, it's no, the enemy has a lot of units. You need to survive for 14 days. Um, mm. So they, they change. It's like, I don't know if this is a, cor- a correct expression, but they move the goalposts a little bit and it just makes yeah. the whole experience feel a little bit different. You know, it's not just this thing of, oh, I need to now build units destroy the enemy there's there's a little yeah, bit more yeah. flavor to it in the sequel and there are a lot more um commanding officers which i haven't touched on the the leader you play as also determines or has effects on your units um and they also have special abilities so for example the st- starting three commanding officers uh the one named andy is very balanced his units sort of move the same distance that have the same attack power uh, when he uses his special power, he can repair his units for two health each, which is very cool. Okay. Like when they, okay. they damage whatever. There's another one called Sami who... Uh, Sami or Sami? I don't know Sami. how to pronounce it. <laughs> it's Sami, Sami in my heart. Like a know. Sami. <laughs> like her forte is infantry units. So okay. they, they can capture buildings faster and they do more damage. And all these commanding officers... Oh, and the last one, uh, Max, he, his forte is uh, artillery like his well uh tanks his his tanks do a lot more damage than other commanding officers tanks so all these little things just you know it's about balancing strengths and weaknesses and it comes together into what i feel is a very very fun and accessible strategy game um mm-hmm. what's quite cool is that there is a casual mode uh which is what i've been playing on because i don't want to like kill myself <laughs> trying to figure out how to overcome the enemy and it's still been challenging on some of the missions mm. um yeah I've, I've really enjoyed my time with this game and i will finish a second one after tears of the kingdom after everything else yeah, gestures just... at the world <laughs> excuse me bless you yeah, bless gestures you. at the world got so much yeah. so much stuff so much on. happening so much happening yeah. um Cool. That is Advanced Wars. Good time. If you have a switch. Advanced Wars. Advanced Wars. Should we move on to game releases real sure. quick now that we are done with all of the games? <laughs> Excuse me. Bless I don't you know why again. I'm so allergic. Oh. So allergic to all these game releases. Oh, there's Damn. just too many games coming out. Too many games giving you hay fever. Um, um, we're looking at games from today, uh, May 13th. All the way up to May 19th. Uh, let's see. Where is There's mouse? not that much. There's like Sorry, I'm just pulling it up my side. Um. Actually, I think it's only... F- pretty sure it's Ooh. only four games because I'm pretty sure one of these was actually delayed. But anyway. Uh, so, first up, we have... Mm, just waiting for you to get there. Where up, am up, up. I? Oh, is it up? You're in June. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tin Hearts coming to PC, basically all consoles except Switch, uh, May 16th. The Outlaws Trials, I think this was delayed by two weeks. I'm pretty sure I read that during the week, so this may or may not be out. I don't think <laughs> it is. I think this just got delayed till the beginning of June. So, yeah. 
uh, coming to PC May 18th. Uh, Firmament coming to PC May 18th as well. I am Future, same. Uh, Steam Early Access PC May 18th. Um, and then lastly, running out the week, Lego 2K Drive. This is the Lego Mario Kart-ish sort of game that looks oh, is that, uh, this like Forza Horizon almost. Looks real Damn. fun. Yeah. Come nice. to PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch May 19th. That's it. That's it for the... Holy shit. Can you believe that that Lord of the Rings Gollum game is coming out this month? May 25th. Holy crap. Wow. I know nothing about this game. I neither. Um... System uh, Shock? All I know is that every time I see it, it looks bad. Wow. System Shock, yeah. The System Shock remake looks really good. I'm super keen for that. Um, what else? Oh, okay. So it wasn't Outlast that was delayed. That is definitely coming out May 18th. The thing that was delayed was Amnesia the Bunker. Yeah. I got uh, too confused. Okay. Yeah. Amnesia the Bunker. Yeah. Nice. My bad. Um, cool. Cool. Shall we get I to? also think there was something else on this this year, Humanity, which is coming out for PlayStation and PSVR. Oh. That's definitely out on Tuesday. Like, that but it's is not, yeah. definitely. Yeah, well, it's on this list, but without a date. So, uh, but that okay. is absolutely out on Tuesday. I'm very keen for that. That's the new game from Tetsuya Mizuguchi, uh, the, oh, and, and Enhanced Studios, the all the lovely people behind Tetris Effect nice. and Rez. It's their new game where you control a Shibu Inu and guide people across like a lemming style puzzle. It's, yeah, I was going to say thing. modern day lemmings. <laughs> lemmings, yeah. It looks dope. I'm super keen for it. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Shall we get to news? Um, Absolutely. Bit of news this week. What would you like to start with? Oh, I need to. Add this to the list. Please hold. Mm. Hmm. Let's go with Nintendo is just unstoppable right now. They're unstoppable. What are they doing? Yeah, so uh, Nintendo Switch uh, fiscal earnings are out. Um, <laughs> turns out that, hey, they can't always sell more consoles every single quarter forever and ever. Their console sales are slowing down. Um, their console sales declined by 22% this fiscal year. And a lot of people have looked at this and were like, cool, new, new console. This is, this is the time. People, everyone I, has a fucking Switch. You really need a new one. I'm going to abandon you for 10 seconds. I need to blow my nose. Okay. <laughs> you carry it's on. Fine. Um, so the company only sold, uh, only, uh, just shy of 18 million units over the past uh, 12 months and uh, nintendo apparently expects this decline to continue into its next fiscal year which will end on march 31st 2024 and is predicting another 16.5 percent decline or around 50 million consoles that will be sold over that year that is an obscene amount of consoles i'm pretty sure xbox had that number just as their normal number and not just their declining number um, I was with you the whole time. <laughs> in Sorry, total, Nintendo has sold 125 million Switch consoles since 2017 <sighs> in six years. Um, just as a point of comparison, the PlayStation 5 has sold 38.4 uh, million and has uh, shipped 60, ooh, 6.3 million consoles this 
last quarter, January to March. So PlayStation getting up there. The big um, talking point from these fiscal earnings were that, um, you know, everyone was kind of asking about new hardware. Yeah. Um, but Nintendo has confirmed that no new hardware will ship this fiscal year, which means there will be no new Switch at the very least until April 2024. Yeah. Um, Shuntaru Furukawa um, said to Bloomberg, sustaining the Switch's sales momentum will be difficult in its seventh year. Our goal of selling 15, minutes, 15 million units this fiscal year is a bit of a stretch but we will do our best to bolster demand going into the holiday season so that we can achieve that goal. Um, so yeah, no new Switch hardware till at least April. That doesn't mean they won't announce new hardware mm. and launch it in like May. <laughs> summer of next year or the end of next year. I'm leaning more towards the end of next year now yeah. because I really thought that they would do a Switch thing and do you know early in, in the year and launch it. I don't see a middle of the year launch to be something that they would do. No. It would probably mean a holiday season release. Yeah. So another year and a bit with this current switch, I think, makes the most sense. I, I mean, they said yeah. their goal of selling 15 million units is a bit of a stretch. And yeah, maybe it's a bit too much, but I still think the switch is going to carry on selling. Um, it, it depends how they... Because now the, the whole argument was that they didn't have any games beyond Pikmin in June because like they hadn't announced a new switch and the new uh, switch was coming end of this year. Um, but now that it's not like they really need to bolster their holiday season if they want to hit that sort of target, like in terms of releases, I don't know what they're going to put out. I mean, out. And Nintendo, it's funny because they do tend to keep their cards very close to the chest. Like, yeah. okay, I know the Tears of the Kingdom we know is coming for a long time. Like, but, like four years. Yeah. But generally Nintendo, they, they do directs in batches and it is like, okay, here's a direct and here's what's coming in the next three months, whatever. And it's, yeah, oh, there's a new 100%. Kirby game. Oh, there's a new this. Um, I do and think... And usually it's like the first time you've heard of those games as yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, I do think... Do they have anything planned for June? Like a showcase or anything? No. So, you know, normally they would do an E3 direct, but a lot of the regular folk around all predict that there won't be one this year. Which is again interesting because like they don't have anything beyond June in terms of like first party exclusives. So I mean they must have something planned, right? If the switch isn't coming yeah. out for the next year. Look, I don't know. Yeah, they, I, they must I, still, do something. I still feel that a Mario is not off off the table. Like I don't know if it'll be a brand new Mario. Maybe it'll be a port of an older one, but it feels like it's been a long time since we've had a Mario game. Um, yeah, I I, so I, I could see a port of sorts. I just I don't see a new mainline Mario now because then they don't have a Zelda or a Mario for the next Switch launch. Why and not like a 2D Mario ways. now and then a Mario Odyssey for the yeah, launch? Yeah, hundred percent. I could I could see that. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Or like a they decide to put out a, re- a remaster of Galaxy Two. <laughs> take my money because they only had <laughs> galaxy one in that collection yeah. so um yeah i could definitely see that i mean you've still got the metroid prime two and three remasters that could definitely come out before a new switch yeah metroid prime 4 is definitely being held <laughs> as a switch look uh, at you thinking thing. metroid prime 4 is actually being developed <laughs> yeah that's well also that too yeah um oh, yeah who knows luigi's a new luigi's like mansion new- <laughs> 
give Luigi another it. mainline game. Let's go. Luigi's Mansion 3 was fucking fantastic. I'll take it. Um, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I bet they put out a new Mario Kart on the new Switch. I Oof, think 8 is now like... Yeah, 8 has been around for a lifetime. Yeah, I mean, 8, eight already existed before the Switch. It was yeah. just re-put onto the Switch and just continued selling. So I don't think they launch a new one before the Switch 2. I don't know. Maybe their plans for backwards compatibility with the Switch 2 are so broad that it doesn't actually matter. They can yeah. be like, cool, we'll put out a new Mario and a new Mario Kart now. And then when yeah. the Switch 2 launches, it's like, well, it's there. You can play that. You yeah. Know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I suppose... I guess sticking with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Japanese... Man- oh, Japanese company? I guess. Sharp hmm. is making LCD displays for a new console. They've just said hmm. a new console. <laughs> so now a lot of people have immediately jumped to new Switch. Yeah. Um, to which I say, boo that it's not OLED, but also there are so many fucking devices this could be for. Yeah. Um, we are now in a gold rush of like handheld computers, thanks to the Steam Deck. It mm. could be for that. Like it's for the Steam Deck too. You heard it, Jeff. <laughs> you heard it, Jeff. It, it could be for a. Uh, there's so many Japanese companies that might be wanting to do something similar, um, or, or or at least companies that are contacting shop to make lcds for their devices who mm. knows yeah um but they are making for a something whether that's a a switch or a sony console or any other third well third party i don't i don't mean third party like an asus or someone who have just released the rock ally or who are releasing the rock ally fairly soon we don't know like but, but they are doing something for someone um yeah. You see, what I don't understand here is that the, the the shop CEO, Robert Wu, basically said that the company will launch pilot LCD panel production lines for the new device during its current fiscal year ending March 2024. Now, that lines up with Nintendo's one. But well, if well. they are putting that thing into production now or production lines now, that console's being made. Like yeah. it is, it, It's not like in a developmental stage still. It is like we are using this. Yeah, We know we are using this panel. We are very close to you know, production. Yeah. But if Nintendo's not going to launch their new console till at least April, it makes no sense that production would be ramping up now unless they are launching in fucking April. Like, <laughs> then you then that makes first. sense, sure. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't well, know. I'm we'll... just trying to rationalize. I don't think this necessarily means this is the no the display. I think it's just very easy to extrapolate the two given that this news came out a day after the Nintendo earnings and people were like, <laughs> they're like what ultra a, hand ability. What a, what, like, a weird, <laughs> what, what a weird coincidence. I mean, the following yeah. day. Um, but I suppose keeping with handheld news. So we, we briefly mentioned the Asus uh, Rock Ally, which, uh, Rock Ally, which I think we've touched on in the past. It's a, a new handheld, which is meant to be a competitor to the Steam Deck. Uh, we mm. did not have price initially. We we were speculating like how much will it cost. Well, we finally know. Um, it's I think the top of the range model is coming in at yeah. six hundred and ninety nine pounds. Um, and dollars and oh, same, same dollar okay. price. Yeah. <laughs> what a time it's we live a in, where great uh, price. where the pound and the dollar are like identical. 
I'm sure the people in the UK are not stoked about that. Um, and yeah, I think the cheaper models coming out later this year, and that will be a hundred less, right? It's, yeah, it's a hundred less, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but that um, that has like a less powerful processor. So, yeah. I mean, I'd, if you're spending six hundred dollars, just pay the hundred dollars. Pay the hundred, like, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, reviews for the, well. Was it reviews or previous? It was reviews, right? Came reviews, out. yeah, because this is out, out now. Like yeah. you can buy this now. Yeah. So they dropped this um, week, and I mean, you you could probably speak to the more technical side of it. But from my my understanding is that uh, it's an impressive impressive piece of uh, tech, like very powerful, but it's held back by things like battery life, uh, the software itself, uh, and a number of other things. Mm. Yeah, I think um, I've what. I've read a couple of reviews and I've watched some videos and there's it's it's interesting because there's a very different level of um, enthusiasm for the device and critique. Like The Verge, for example, was very critical of it. Mm. Um, and they're the ones who brought up the battery life being really bad. Like it's got the exact same battery as the Steam Deck, but routinely wants you to operate it at a higher wattage. So it just lasts way less. And if you dial it back to the same um, uh, power draw as the Steam Deck, which is 15 watts at maximum. It does outperform the Steam Deck, but not by much. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And then if you bring it back even less, like if you put it to 10 watts to try and conserve more battery life there, the Steam Deck actually outperforms it, which is oh, fucking strange. Weird, yeah. It just means that this chip is not efficient at really low wattages. Yeah. Um. But with that said, like if you are willing to to compromise slightly on on the battery life, uh, the performance of this thing is unreal. Apparently, like it is leagues ahead of the Steam Deck when you give it enough juice. Um, you but know, I mean, to the point where it's almost doubling the frame rate in some cases. But but in so. in application, if I run this thing with all bowls and whistles, how long is that battery going to last? yeah this is the thing again it depends on the game you're playing because so you know other games will have higher power draws yeah well they won't have higher power draws you're limiting the power draw to the same thing but like will require more power for the level of performance you deem acceptable um so yeah i don't know i think i think what's nice is that it is at a price that is actually comparable to the steam deck Mm. where other devices like the Ioneer and stuff were always like $1,000. So it was always easy to go, well, that's stupid. Yeah. Why would you do that? You know, this is within the ballpark. I mean, it is. It's like $50 more than the top range Steam Deck. So they are competing directly yeah. with each other. And I think this with its, you know, it runs Windows 11. And yes, the software that runs on top of it to try and make Windows 11 navigable with the controllers is bad. Mm. Um but you also have access to all of your launches. You can play Game Pass on this. You can play. You can get cool. you, know, you can Battle.net. You can get Epic Game Store without any of the... You can do most of that on the Steam Deck bar Game Pass. Um, but it's a hassle. Like, yeah. I've done it. it. It is a hassle. Like, mm. no one's going to tell me that it's a smooth process. So there's pros and cons on each side. But it's good that there's competition because I'm sure this makes Valve look at them and go, okay, well, what are they doing that we can take from that you know um well so yeah it's that's, cool. that's what i was gonna say is that um like i'm still on the fence about getting a pc handheld device like i'd love to get a steam deck or even this um rog ally but i don't know it's still it's one of those things where 
can I justify spending $600, $700? It's a lot of money. It's more than a Xbox or a PlayStation. Yeah, when, It's a lot of money. But uh, I'm grateful that both exist because it does mean that hopefully, you know, a third person will enter and a fourth person and then they, you know, all innovates over and above each other and the space just becomes better and better. So, yeah. Like I, I'd love to know who who's the next person who you know who's the the next mainstream competitor. Like which company is it? Like mm. I don't know. I was <laughs> I was quite surprised Aces got involved yeah. and then had one out so quick. Exactly. Um, I mean, it's it's I don't know. Did someone in turn you go like, oh hey, we could totally penetrate that space. You know, mm. Valve have the only thing we can. We've got the means to offer a competitive alternate. Now who mm. who else is going? Hmm. Like. I mean, uh, I don't know. I I would bet money on Alienware getting involved, Dull mm. and Alienware. Yeah. Um, they've sort of tried this sort of concept for years now. Yeah. So maybe this is time for them to follow through. And I bet the other one that will get into the space very quickly is Razer. It just yeah. seems like their bread and butter like mm. to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So um, interesting. We'll yeah. see. Um. Cool. Well, with hardware out the way, we can talk about other gaming news. Um, <laughs> this 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 is an interesting one. Um, so there's a new model, Mortal Kombat coming out. It's being teased for a while now. And we all thought it's Mortal Kombat 12, but it seems that we're all wrong and it's actually a reboot called Mortal Kombat 1 because games because and numbers have no fucking <sighs> meaning anymore. Just throw it out the window. Everything you know. I, I hate it when... <laughs> This happens. I really do. We 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 are at that point now where three ga- three games into your reboot, you just reboot again. Yeah. So we we're talking about this on our Discord. Um, oh, and just adding um, to the, it, it hasn't been officially confirmed, but Ed yeah, Boon. It seems pretty. Ed, Ed Boon tweeted a, a actually a very cool teaser where it shows a clock counting from eleven. You know, it, it's going to twelve, and then it just stops for a moment, and then bounces straight to one. Like that, that's a pretty cool way to you yeah. know, do that. But it, it's funny because we were saying Mortal Kombat 9, okay, was back then kind of a reboot for Mortal Kombat. I remember a lot of the games it before definitely then were, was, yeah. were like not well received. So this reboot to the franchise and it retread the stories of the first three games through like mm-hmm. time travel shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And now they're just rebooting it again. <laughs> just, just yeah. They're just like I mean, I mean, they they back themselves into a corner with the ending of eleven. Yeah, uh, eleven basically saw the entire timeline blown up. Mm. Um, and and uh, what's his name? Liu Kang was basically just like, cool, I can rebuild this from scratch, and that was the end of the game. So it always seemed like they were going with a this is all being reset again. Yeah, but to call it Mortal Kombat One, like if it retreads the same story of uh you know island tournament that would be silly they should definitely go in a brand new direction now Mm. now that they've afforded themselves the opportunity with the ending of 11 so yeah um yeah it's cool i mean i'm i'm invested in the story because the story modes of these games are what (laughs) i enjoy playing i don't like playing the multiplayer that much um but yeah i'll play it the the story modes are 
really just long CGI movies where you get to fight oh, every couple great. of minutes. Yeah. Which is yeah, and like I'm B B grade B grade martial arts movies <laughs> where I get to interact. Yeah, A lot of fighting. Great. It's like, what'd you say about my mom? Let's fight. It's like, oh oh damn. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> and like <laughs> you farting. finish your fight and you turn your head and in frame a new person walks in, you're like, let's fight. And the person's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I just came here to say <laughs> hi. That's, like that's literally how the story modes work. But I am yeah. here for it. Uh, but just touching on that quickly, there's a report that claims that I mean, again, I don't know where, where this comes from, but report claims Mortal Kombat 1 DLC could include Peacemaker and Homelander. That'd be and sick. Let me tell you, Peacemaker, cool, but Homelander is, this dude is made for the Mortal Kombat universe. It's yeah. the perfect thing. You don't even have to change a thing. I think I you, mean, you They've said, already got yeah. the Superman model from Injustice. So Just slap on Homelander's face, make it more yeah. gory. That's cool, you you there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd be, his fatalities would be fun. Yeah. Like I want him to like laser someone in half and then drink from a milk bottle. <laughs> oh my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> so weird. Guys, Speaking so of when's, when, when, yeah. when's the boys uh, season four coming out? Can't, can't wait. Oh my God. Um, in a uh, very sad news, we're going to pivot real hard. Uh, Hollow Knight Silk Song has been delayed. <laughs> <laughs> the, this train had to, uh, sorry, the, the fun train had to end uh for this new segment. I guess it, it, it was kind of expected because everyone knew, you know, based on that whole, that stupid Microsoft promise that they made at their showcase last year, everyone was like, well, it has to be out by June and we are now like midway through May. Like it was bound to be, yo guys, yeah. it's so not happening, you know. Um, um, so yeah, we got a tweet from Matthew Griffin. Who is he one of the, the devs, I presume? I think he's the one of the marketing folk oh, for okay. Team Cherry. Yeah. So just gave an update saying we had planned to release in the first half of 2023, but development is still continuing. Um, <clears throat> we're excited by how the game is shaping up and it's gotten quite big. So we want to take the time to make the game as good as we can. I mean, take your time. It's cool. Do you know, it's do you know cool. what's hectic is that it sounds so non-committal to a new release date. It's just like, uh, it's fine. is take this even time. coming this year? <laughs> I don't envision I, coming this year, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I was about to say, I don't see it coming this year anymore. And that just fucking hurts me. Yeah. That's fine. Just hurts me. Uh, speaking, well, no, not remake. Uh, not that Sork Song is a remake, but speaking of remakes, <laughs> uh, Insiders Yo. claim Metal Gear Solid 3 remake to have PlayStation exclusivity, which would yeah, be... Yeah, so there is a, you know, there's a PlayStation showcase happening this month. I think Jeff Grubb said on the week of the May 21st, so within a week or so of now, mm. uh, we should, we probably should, should get news this week of like a date, you know? Yeah. Uh, PlayStation likes to announce that stuff about a week in advance. So, um, yeah, there's 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 a bunch of insiders now that have said, you know, at the showcase they're going to, there's going to be a lot of Konami stuff. We're going to see like the beginnings of the reboot of Castlevania. Nice. Um, we're going to see a remake of Metal Gear Solid 3. We're going to see more of the remakes of Silent Hill, which have already been announced. And, mm. and, uh, and part of that will be an announcement that the Silent Hill remakes will be exclusive to PlayStation, at least for a time. And the same thing will be true for the Metal Gear Solid 3 remake, which is a bit weird um, because MGS3 is on Xbox. It's part of the Metal Gear Solid collection that you can mm. play there. So it's not like, oh, this has only ever been on PlayStation. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think PlayStation's done some good business and convinced konami to be like hey you are getting back into this game now 
mm. let's give you a bit more money and make these things exclusive to our platform yeah. for any given time. What? You know, the sort of <laughs> shit that PlayStation really was worried Xbox would do. I'm just going to say it, but, you know. You know um, yeah. You know what, what What makes me roll my ass so hard here, though, is that I, I'm, I'm all in, okay? Give me a remake of Metal Gear Solid 3. Cool. But then what happens if this is a huge success, which it probably will be if it's done well. Do they then reboot? Do, do they do it chronologically? They go, okay, shit. Okay, Metal Gear Solid 3 is actually like the first game in the whole story. Mm. Uh, I guess we gotta we gotta do <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Five next, you know, and then <laughs> it's it's and weird then, because like there were reports that MGS One was getting a remake yeah, as well, but so, but why why start with three? I I don't get it. I don't know because then you I go okay, we're gonna do three, then we're gonna do five, and then we're gonna do one and two, and then four. <laughs> I think I think if I'm not mistaken. Metal Gear Solid 3 is the best-selling one of the franchise. I think so, too. Uh, Look, I, yeah, I, I, so that I could get it, but it's... Why, but... but it's just hilarious. Like, why? I suppose that's why they chose it, but it's just such a weird thing to me when... Why not do the first one or even the second one, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, let me why, just see why here. Why not put uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 on modern platforms so people like me can finally play it? It's the only one I've missed. That and uh, Peace Walker. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid, wow. Metal Gear Solid 3 Subsistence, which is the PS2 one. Oh, in Japan, only 130,000 copies. Uh, I'm just trying to see. This is a very strange list. Okay, Metal Gear Solid 3 as a whole, 6 million. Metal Gear Solid 2, 8.5. So then? Metal Gear (laughs) Solid 7. So 3 is actually... Metal Gear Solid 4, 6. And Metal Gear Solid 5, th- wow, 5 that, was way lower. Really? Oh, no, sorry, sorry. That was Grand Zeroes. Phantom uh, Pain was 7. Okay. Yeah. So still not that great. Um, yeah, so 2 is the best-selling one. So I don't know. It's it's weird that they've gone with this one, if it's true. 3 I mean, is actually the worst-selling one. Yeah, which is so weird. No, sorry, four is the worst selling one, but only about like two hundred thousand, so it's like negli- <laughs> negligible. I mean, it's, it's strange though because three is definitely the best one of the franchise. Like, yeah, like no questions asked. Um, sure, interesting. It's snake okay. eater. You ready to climb that long ladder in uh, HD? Bro, I can't wait. When it's in four K, I want to see. I want to hear that song. I want to see every single piece want, of rust on that that I ladder. I want to see like, snake's cheeks. <laughs> yeah. Give me was, an infinite photo mode of just. <laughs> Also, make that sequence 10 times longer. <laughs> make the song 10 times longer as well. <laughs> Just make it half of the game as you climbing that ladder. That's hilarious. I love that that's a meme. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Um, climb, someone, someone must have done the math on how high he climbed in that sequence. Mm, like, I would love to know because it is ridiculous. It's super high. Defies yeah. all, all, all logic. Uh, yeah. And then last piece of news for this week. Um Upcoming Annapurna game parts ways with Gone Home Studio following toxic workplace reports. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. This is super strange. Fulbright, the uh, developers of, you know, hit games like um, Tacoma and Gone Home. Uh, Like around two years ago, they were kind of rocked with a report that alleged their co-founder Steve Gaynor had kind of made the studio really, really toxic. He was a terrible person to work with. Lots of bullying and harassment. Um, a lot of the co-founders of the studio have left. Um, oh, 
so a lot of the people who you would associate with gone home and Tacoma are no longer at Fulbright and haven't been for quite some time. Mm. Um, Gaynor's, you know, he stepped away from his management position and was strictly still a writer just at, at the studio, but he was still there. Uh, but now in a blog post that went up on May 12th, Gano says he's used the last two years to reflect and consider his working relationship with the Fulbright team, but also says the studio is no longer developing and representing Open Roads. That's the new game being published by Annapurna moving forward. And Annapurna Interactive is taking over the front-facing side of marketing. Hmm. Um, there's no real indication in the post whether this was like an amicable thing, like they just decided they didn't want to be associated with it or like if Annapurna yeah. was like, fuck this things are still bad at the studio we are taking action you know so yeah yeah um what game is this open road sorry uh okay i think i actually remember seeing this okay so yeah uh gano goes on to say he was unhappy in his managerial role and said that fact that factored into his behavior towards employees at fulbright okay (laughs) um despite this he still is working on a solo project under the company name so Gano and Fulbright are still very much one and the same, uh, but yeah, like I said, uh, that's it's not the same studio that made you know many of yeah. the games that it is known for now. So yeah, yeah, bummer, bummer. What yeah. a way to end don't, news. Don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah, good. I think good. Uh, just laugh good, advice good, in general. Good laugh advice. Uh, yeah, just, just don't, don't be, a, be dick. a dick. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's not hard. Um. <laughs> Pun not intended. Or intended. <laughs> um, On that note, I guess that's yeah, news. <laughs> that is the the end of news. Um, that means we're moving on to questions. If you want to send us a question, you can email us checkpointchatpodcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. um, or you can message us on all of our social platforms. So all of the platforms. So what's I'll, on the docket? I will double check, but I know we have at least two questions on Twitter. Uh, so first mm. question from Megs, who asks, how often should games be updated even years after release? Uh, I've seen games left to rot for over six years with no love from the developers slash publishers. Um, I mean... I don't think there's really any obligation. No, but also is is this a maybe pointing to Redfall, which I suppose we haven't... Oh, maybe, <laughs> yeah. We, we haven't touched on it. Redfall launched. No. Uh, it's a hot mess. Really bad. I downloaded it. I haven't started it yet, though. Um, I want to try it still. I mean, it's on Game Pass. Yeah, I want to give it a go. I'm definitely not playing co-op because the co-op structure of that game seems fucking nonsense. Natural Um, garbage. Yeah. Uh, But I I do wonder if his question alludes to that in, hey, this game launched in a poor state. Do they support it? Do they try to fix it or do they move on? Like, I I don't know. Listen, like updates or at least significant updates to a game will only ever be considered if the game is still making money. That Mm. is just the, that's just how this works. There is no reason for a company to sink resources into a game, um, into content or an update that they don't think will maybe turn around the fortunes of the game or at least continue helping the game generate the revenue that it Mm. is currently making. So like Destiny makes money. They will continue putting out content because that continues selling, making yeah. them money. Um, Redfall, you know, if if they if they put out because they are putting out like DLC soon for Redfall, I don't know why. Um, 
if they put out content for Redfall and they see the player numbers don't go up, that signifies to them, like, why do we continue updating this thing? They might do small updates here and there for quality of life, but there is no obligation for them to even address big issues with the game if mm. there is no one there to enjoy it. Like, Redfall is not something where, like, like, do they put out a 60 FPS version of that game on console now at this point? Because if no one's playing it, making it 60 FPS is not going to bring players in because mm. fundamentally the game is bad. Yeah. You know, so why would they continue that work when resources that are okay can be pushed somewhere else? Yeah. So, I it's, don't know. It's an interesting question, though, because, like, there are examples of games that launched poorly and have since had really good redemption stories. But again, I, I think it depends, like you said, the fundamental, like the fundamentals of the game and how the game can be expanded. Mm. So, like, the age-old example, No Man's Sky launched, reviewed poorly. Now it's like one of the most popular games purely because they kept supporting it and they've made the game way better. But like, they, they must have had a vision at the start to be like, we can turn this around. Yeah, like, but we now believe we can turn this around. Can Can Redfall do the same? No. I don't know. Again, like another example that comes to mind: Rainbow Six Siege. When it launched, I think a lot of Ubisoft games actually they launched. I mean, at the time, were like not bad, but not you're like, wow, you know, this game's at the world on fire. Rainbow Six mm. Siege launched was like, it's okay. Now it's one of the most played esports or multiplayer yeah. games because it's it's you, got continual supports. But it's you a different can see kind of both game. of those examples, yeah. they honed in on something specific. Yeah. Like Rainbow Six Siege came out and they're like, okay, multiplayer shooter, but it has this, 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 this in problem. Okay, who are the people actually playing it? Oh, turns out fans of Twitch shooters like um, mm. Counter-Strike are actually still playing Siege. Let's go all in on that. Yeah, And they did that. Yeah. Um, Hello Games was like a bit more of a scattershot approach, but they've now honed in on people who are into the more like management style of game. Like they've got mm. a lot of things like manage your own ship, manage your own planet, build yeah. this, build that, as opposed to the explorer story driven player. You yeah. know what I mean? So, so what does Redfall for, aim for? for? Redfall, I'm like not sure. We've, like, we've identified <laughs> uh, X number Redfall's of players. So, who, so yeah. Redfall's like, you know, Hello Games, like No Man's Sky is a gigantic game. So mm. the the level of um, ability you have to mess with that and change it into something is quite large. Mm. Rainbow Six Siege is a multiplayer game, so your replayability is already there. You yeah. just got to tighten the mechanics yeah. to make sure that it's engaging enough. Redfall is a single player experience that has a beginning and an end. Yeah, you know, so I don't know. Um, I don't know how you overhaul that in a short enough space of time that mitigates the risk of the financial like input you'll put into it and then makes it worth it yeah it, um, top top of mind for me it's like <laughs> i mean I, I don't know what discussions are going on there but like maybe there's a means to make a horde mode or a roguelite mode you know mm. because those tools exist maybe there is a way to use them to make something that does have replayability Sort but, of like what, what happened with Fortnite where they had the yeah. tower defense mode and then they just made the battle royale. Now that's what that, Fortnite that's is. That's it, yeah. But yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's I think it's a very, very steep uphill. Sorry to I just say think, it. yeah, it, there's no obligation. There's no game that comes out that is like, this game needs to have three years of updates. Like no studio is ever going to agree to that. Mm. No publisher is ever going to agree to that because it's just... 
it's just not sustainable. Like there's no way you can sustain a company and say, we will put out this many updates. Like it's exceptional when it happens, but that's why it's exceptional Yeah. because it is not common. Um, you, you are the only sort of updates you'll see every now and then is like, you'll see like a, a headline like, Oh, this game got its first update in 10 years. Why? Oh, it's a security update because <laughs> someone's figured out like a flaw and they kind of need to do it before it becomes a problem. So they got one guy to look at it for one week and like plug a security hole. Yeah. That's it. It's not, yeah, it's barely an update at that yeah. point. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Next question comes from, sorry, I had Twitter closed for some reason. Uh, from Gary Dunn at Geek Physique, who asks, um, what's the game or moment in a game that blew your mind and reminded you that games are more amazing than you thought before, even if you're already a big gamer? Um, hmm. Mm. So many moments. I think, yeah, I think so the many. one that comes to mind for me... I, I always, I mean, I was very, very young, but I always think fondly of Final Fantasy VII, the original, purely because I think that is a moment for me when I think there was just a switch of like, oh, like this is an actual story with, you know, at the time you look at it now, you're like, oh, it looks so bad. But at the time, like, whoa, look at this CGI. Like, this is so lifelike. I can't believe this is a game that I'm playing through. Mm, you know, mm, I mm. can't believe... I get to explore this world and I get to talk to every person, even though every person in that time had one text box to say, you know, but it was just like, but oh my something God. to say. Yeah, it was like, so. holy shit. Like, I can't believe how vast this game is. That's, that for me was just like, I always think of that like, whoa. <laughs> that was yeah, huge. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good answer. I think I think for a lot of people that that's why like Final Fantasy VII is so up there in their memories mm. because it was that like big leap of you know, here's 2D sprites and, oh no, here's this fully 3D realized world where there's so much interactivity and, and um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, uh, I've got another example if you still want to think. Yeah, go for it, go for it. So more recently when I played Outer Wilds about two years ago, mm. that for me was a thing of, this is one of the best experiences I've ever had, period. And it couldn't have been done outside of a game. It only works yeah, absolutely. as a game. That was yeah. like, there's, there's no ways they could have captured this feeling of exploration, discovery, and storytelling in a movie or a book. It would just never feel the same or work the same. Mm. Um, and that, that, that game is, it's funny because I, I recommend it to so many people. I'm like, you have to play this game, but I can't tell you why. Also, mm. you have to give the game a few hours because you might hate it initially. Which is not a good solve for a game at all. It isn't, yeah. It's, it's it's a difficult game to get into, but the payoff is just so worth it. Mm. So, yeah. Um, moment in a game. I would. Hmm, there's no one moment in it. It's more just like the game itself. But when I finally got the chance to play Shadow of the Colossus, when it was remade rebooted rebooted for mm. PlayStation by Bluepoint. The, the sense of scale that that game presents, like when you are climbing on a creature and you are hanging on like individual strands of hair to like scale this creature is mm. just like one of the most like vivid things that sticks in the back of my head. Cause I, I remember sitting in front of the TV and be like, wow, this is just, 
the camera like used to zoom out and it would make your little character look like a, a mm. couple of pixels on there and just give you the the sense of weight of the sort of challenge that is ahead of you trying to take down this gigantic being that mm. is make it like dwarfs you in size and it just is like such a cool empowering moment but at the same time very sobering to be like you can die at any point of this. Yeah. Like you are so minuscule compared to this. Also, thing. was that PS3 or PS4 when they rebooted? It's PS4. PS4, yeah. Did it not cross your mind at all going, holy shit, this was on PS2? <laughs> two, yeah, it's nuts two that, generations that existed ago, on how PS2. Did they do that? Yeah, I, I, I had a similar crazy. moment where I, I saw, I'll never forget seeing God of War 3 on the PS3 for the first time. That opening yeah, moment. Just stunning with you Poseidon. The, you, yeah, you're in the back of Gaia climbing up Mount Olympus. And I just thought, because the, the, the studio just nailed the sense of scale mm, of like, mm. you know, you, you, you're you busy fighting enemies on her back and then it, it zooms out and you're like, oh. There's stuff happening and around it's, And it's not you, like a like, cinematic. It's like, well, it didn't feel like a cinematic. It's like, oh, there's so much stuff happening over there. Yeah. And then I remember, so I never played the previous God of Wars. I never had a PS2. But when those God of Wars came to PS3 at a later stage and I replayed them, I remember playing uh, God of War 2 and going, this must have been mind-blowing on the PS2. Like the that opening, um, I can't remember what the enemy's called, but you're busy, you're busy running through one of the cities and there's this huge like uh, statue or creature walking around. I was like, mm. how did they do this on the PS2? Like, this is the yeah. PS3. Like, oh my God, the PS3 is so powerful. How did they do this on the last gen? It was no, it's nuts. It's crazy. Yeah. That's why those games are so like, at the time, they were technical showpieces for mm. the PS2, like unbelievable amounts of scale yeah. uh, for that sort of hardware. So, yeah. yeah God of War's always, always done that. Um, it's, it's a good time. Well, God of War reboots, the God of War reboots hasn't, I mean, they've been good battles don't get me wrong but there has, haven't been as many like oh my god kratos is literally fighting a titan he's like this mm, mm. minuscule creature the camera pans out amazing like not to take yeah. away from the epicness but it, it hasn't been that i scale. think they they more injected that into the world the world itself is more like grand and yeah and like yeah so yeah now there's a lot of those i think on any given day you could ask this question and i have a different, yeah, different answer. answer yeah because it's like difficult to like trawl back through all nah, your memories no. and trying to remember what what it, like i can say that it's not specifically a moment but just the entirety of how portal works still boggles oh, my yeah. mind like the the number of videos i used to watch just like it like explaining the mechanics and like how it works and just like i remember my head like going over all these possibilities for how you could do certain things like mm. it's just such a 10 out of 10 thing that can only exist in a game and it's like reinvigorates why games are cool but um, even because they let you think in that way even before portal i remember playing half-life 2 the first time and that gravity yeah. gun going whoa like i can pick up things anything. things in this yeah. game have weight <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is yeah. such a dumb thing to look at now but ba that wasn't the norm no when, it was novel when half-life 2 came out yeah. it was like holy shit like games it, it's are, kind, games it's are kind too of real sad. now <laughs> it's kind of sad that we've kind of moved away from that though because like we in 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 this age of very very pristine and very um put together games developers are so scared to give you the tools to break things mm. you know because they're worried about what that would indicate about the rigidity of their game mm. so if you look at something like star wars 
you are only able to pull and push very specific things in mm. very specific places. Yeah. Um, whereas Half-Life is like, fuck that. You got this gun. You can do whatever they want. And it leads to some really engaging, like divergent moments of game. And that's why Zelda's so cool as well, because mm. it gives you those tools. They are not afraid to be like, yeah, just fuck around, see what happens. Like mm. so it yeah, it Zelda, what I'm saying is Zelda actually is Half-Life 3. Um, oh wow we, yeah i don't know how we got you but we, we've we got gaben <laughs> right there okay uh cool that was a cool question um we have one more question from good pal frank i'm just gonna read so he he messaged us a uh, very very interesting question uh, so he said when mm-hmm. i was watching game of thrones i read a story about oh a guy. fuck this question <laughs> i read a story about a guy who had a terminal disease and wouldn't be alive for the end of the story so the producers told them the ending beforehand. Uh, since then, I realized that there will always be a game set to be released that I'm waiting for because there's always, there's always something new coming. So now I think to myself, are there any games I need to know how the story ends? For me, I have to know how the Final Fantasy VII Remake story ends uh, and Final Fantasy Rebirth sequel to Remake. And I'll need to see the one after that if it's a trilogy. Uh, do you have any games like that? So basically, mm. in a nutshell, are there any games or experiences that you are scared of missing? You know, you mm. uh, you you cross the road tomorrow, you get hit by a bus. Don't cross the road tomorrow. Jeez. <laughs> and yeah, so for for me, the obvious ones, I'm I'm right there with Frank, where uh, I loved Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, I'll be very upset if I don't get to see <laughs> the end of this this arc on modern platforms you know i know what happens in the story but i don't know mm. i'd be very upset if, if i missed i don't think there's any particular like game story that i'm like pining for i, I think most mm. of the like trilogies so to speak have kind of all like finished so you know so i'm not going to be like yes i will be distraught if i never find out how jedi survivor ends like <laughs> that's sad um, yeah, I, yeah, Final um, Fantasy would be kind of shit, but I, yeah, hmm. I will be sad I don't know. If, if I don't get to play Silk Song. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'll be very sad if Song I never Song. get to play Silk Song. Mm-hmm. I'll also be very sad if I never get to play a f- imaginary Bloodborne Two. <sighs> My God, Bloodborne yeah. Two. <laughs> the, the the sad thing about this question is that there will always be something we will miss. There will always be something that. <laughs> and I think that that I'm gonna get deep here. Uh, I think there will come a time in all of our lives where we are just unable to play the games we enjoy. So you will even see the things that you don't want to miss out passing you by. Mm. Um, yeah, that, and that will suck. That, that, that will fucking suck. That's the thing for me where I love from software games, and I'm like, am I gonna hit an age where these are beyond me where actually yeah the like, dexterity I just, required I just is just don't can't. have the muscle yeah. capabilities to finish these games and that like i'm like damn i don't want to i don't want to imagine that because of course i want to play the games you know yeah of course and even even in terms of time restrictions like but i don't know in five where will i be in five ten years will i because the way i'm living now like i've got time to play games I've, i'm doing a gaming podcast i'm making the xbox account like i have ample mm. time to so, you know, play play whatever I want within reason. You know, there are still some games that I miss, but I'm playing a lot of games. I'm like, this probably won't be me in five, ten years. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um No, I know. I fully I mean, I if I look at my life today, I'm playing far fewer games than 
I was 10 years ago. Mm. And that's just because life gets busier. Yeah. But at the same time, that's forcing me to curate what I play a lot more carefully. Mm. Um, you know, if I if I play a game for two hours now and I don't enjoy it, I just turf it. Like I'm just mm. not I'm not there for things that are wasting my time. So I think it's not a case of like I feel sad that now I'm I'm missing more games. I'm more appreciative of the ones that do engage me. Mm. Um Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And I think that's that's how look at it. It's not like Worry about the things that you're going to miss out on. Just appreciate the things that you have the ability yeah. to play. Yeah, getting that tattooed on me today. <laughs> That's a fucking huge quote to get tattooed on you. Good luck. Cool. That is all the questions. Thank you for all of those. Those were, were great. Yeah, those are, those are good. Thank you so much if you send in questions. And if you want to send in your own questions, you can email us checkpointchatpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on our social media at Checkpoint Chat. You can just fire off a message whenever you want. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. if you uh, eating dinner, want a message? Message. If you're pooping, tell us what you message, message. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> Don't tell us what you're pooping. I know. Um, if you're driving, yeah. don't. Don't, don't do message it. us. Pull over. <laughs> yeah. Just pull over right now. Cool. Yeah, pull over right now. Yeah. Uh, that's been episode 223 of Checkpoint Chat. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate all of your support mm-hmm. and we will be back as always. Well, it's pending next week <laughs> for another episode. We hope you have a delightful week. Have a good one. Mm-hmm. See you Goodbye. next time. Bye.